Welcome to the new podcast without Blake. It's better. It's called the new podcast. My mic's not working. We talk. Guys, my mic's not we, we talk about Gate Grames. <laughs> Hi, welcome to episode 15 of Front Seat Gamer. I'm your host, Nick. I'm here with Severn. Hey. And Blake. What's up? Back to the original. We're sticking with that one, I think. Uh, today, we're here with a special guest, Rory Rackham. Hi Rackham? There. Is it? How do you pronounce it? Like the pirate. Uh, like ra- 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 Rackham? Is there a pirate Rackham. called Rackham? Yeah, it's like Red Rackham, and or like Black Rackham. One of them's in Tintin, one's not in Tintin and real. <laughs> okay. I know Blackbeard. Ish. Anyway, he's from Grinding Gear Games. He's a game designer. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how's it going, everyone? It's good. It's good I was man. talking to the audience. Oh. Uh, but how's it going, guys? You don't care <laughs> about right. you guys. How are you guys Ouch. doing? I'm doing good, thanks. I'm hurt. Okay. How are you doing? Uh, I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've ruined this podcast already. It's, but uh, it's, it's okay. Just the worst podcast we, yet. Is it too late to start again? Uh, we're sorry, guys. We have Rory on today. <laughs> <laughs> um, so usually we start off a podcast. We talk about what we've been up to, what we've been playing. Uh, okay. Rory, what have you been up to slash playing? Um, I have been playing a bit of Van Helsing 3, or The Adventures of Van Helsing 3. That's the action RPG, right? It is the action RPG. The, the first one was not that good. The second one you thought was pretty good? It was... They carry over, like, half the game elements between the games. Okay. And half of the elements they carry over are the good ones. So there's, like... There's, there's something in all of them that I enjoy. Okay. Um, but I've yet to finish any of them. Wow. Maybe this will be the one that. But I mean, maybe I this will played, be the lucky game. <laughs> I played like ten hours of them. Sure. Um, maybe that makes me terrible. Maybe it is a five-hour game, and yeah. I'm, everyone's booing mm, me now. Could but, be. Um, but there's there's a bunch of interesting mechanics in them that I really like. Like the they're enhancing your skills. Your casting system is really cool. Where you build, you have another resource to make your skills stronger, in addition to the resource you use for actually paying them. Okay. So, Torchlight cool. had something like that, right? Or at least for some of the classes. Yeah, like two. yeah. This is this is like every class has this resource, and it's like support gems and path of exile. Except you pay okay. this extra course cost every time you want to use specific support gems. Okay, so that's neat. It's interesting. It's interesting. Cool. Yeah. And you went for a hike yesterday. I and went saw for a lots hike. of trees. There were lots of trees. There was some water. Uh huh. There was now oxygen. I presume. I bring this up specifically because you've been playing a game of sorts, where oh, it yes. tracks your movement. Um, Walker without an E, yes, um, W A L K R, okay. which is a space exploration. I guess you travel to different planets, and it's it's like a, um, it's meant to just encourage your your movement. Yeah, yeah, you get energy. Yeah, you can either like pay to progress your travel, or you can <laughs> run really? around a lot. <laughs> so it's an exercise app. You can pay to cheat. Yes, wow. yes, exactly. Wow. But is it also like? Oh, you've you've walked a kilometer today. Like in thirty years, you'll be at the moon, kind of thing. Um, not exactly. There's like there's if I do twenty thousand steps in a day, I get a spaceship, which I've yet to reach. Part of the reason I I agreed to go for this walk in the first way places so I could try and get a spaceship, but didn't quite make oh, it. Oh man, how many steps did you do? Uh, fourteen thousand steps. Um, how long was the hike? And that was like a five hour hike. But a lot of it was up and downhill, so you, it's not efficient efficient use of my right. walking time. So have you considered but. just like using a paint shaker? Um, it I got the location tracking on. To oh. be honest, um, oh. <laughs> boo. <laughs> <laughs> have you thought of driving? It's also really, the movement really sensor. Bumpy road. It's got, it's got you paint shaker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just drive a pink seems truck. like I should probably just go for a walk at yeah. that point. It does seem like a lot of effort. Mm. Um, what about you guys? Blake, Blake, what have you been playing? I'm playing. I'm I was playing. looking at Severin and then I realized it was Blake. Um, I, I was playing The Witcher, but we talked a lot about that last <laughs> week. Um, I was also playing... Um, uh, me, so me and, me and some friends have a little Facebook page where we organize... Uh, playing games, multiplayer mm-hmm. games, and we've been playing Heroes of the Storm lately. I noticed I'm not invited on that page. Same here. I said friends. <laughs> 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 uh-huh. I'll give you an invite no. if you want. <laughs> I don't want one now. <laughs> we actually really need more people because <laughs> half the people don't show up. Too anyway. bad. You had your chance. <laughs> 
Uh, uh, but we're playing we're playing Heroes, and we also last night we played uh, Don't Starve Together. Okay. Yeah. No, the game isn't called Don't Starve Together. It's no, just called no, Don't it Starve. Is, it's Don't Starve Together. together. Yeah, it's actually it's, called wait, Don't Starve Together. Yeah. Wait, really? It's an yeah. early access or uh, beta or yeah. something but, for by the people who made Don't Starve. Okay, yeah. I'm totally wrong. Together. <laughs> that's amazing. Because I, I never played Don't Starve, but okay. what, what, right. it, what it seems to be is that Don't Starve is just a single player game, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then yep. this came out, which is a free expansion for people that owned Don't Starve. Oh, really? But you can just buy into it if you want. That's why I bought into it. Um, I worked with some people who were obsessed with Don't Starve, and I didn't get on. It's cool. It's, like, um, I, I played it a little bit, and yeah. I got I went underground at some point, and I was really? like, "Really stuck." I never mm. saw an underground. Avoid oh, the underground. Uh, it's not that good. <laughs> it's deadly. It's super dark, and yeah, everything's angry at you. <laughs> it's it's really like, um, it has a good way of sort of uh, showing you uh, your. Um, your spiral into just death, right? Yeah, like you, like because it has the it, because it has the sanity meter, uh-huh. and gradually over the game, you lose sanity, and then the screen starts going crazy, and you see shadow monsters and things mm-hmm. like that, and things get more and more desperate, and you're like, oh, I ended up in a horrible loop where I was supposed to be like creating um, farm farms for my fellow like survivors, yeah, um, but I ended up just foraging food for myself because I couldn't get enough for myself <laughs> and them at the same time. So every day I was just going out being like, yeah, man, I'm going to build these farms and just <laughs> eating all these berries on my own. <laughs> Meanwhile, all of your friends were starving. Yeah, and all my friends were starving to death. And then I ended up starving to death because we'd foraged out too much around us. So getting new stuff, uh, because I hadn't set up these farms properly, oh, getting wow. new stuff was requiring me to go further and further your, away from the camp. Your self-preservation doomed not just you, but yeah, all of your yeah. friends. And we, yeah, we all just like slowly, yeah, died off. That's Did they weird. find out? No. <laughs> <laughs> they, they were too busy. They had their own problems. Uh, there's, luckily, there's no way they'll ever find out. No one's recorded it. Um, I actually have a bone to pick with you because every week oh. you guys play games on Friday afternoon. Oh, no. And yeah. you often say you'll invite me. And then, yes, not, not yesterday, on Friday, this, yeah. this most recent Friday, you, you said at lunch. Yep. Nick, at five o'clock, I'm gonna send you a message. We're gonna play games. I said I would definitely get, definitely get ready send for you it. a message this time, guaranteed. Six o'clock rolls around, no message, <laughs> <laughs> and I just go and home. I, and I think like nine o'clock, I looked at my my phone and I saw a message from you saying like forget something and all caps. <laughs> yes, all caps. Like, like, forget something. Uh, I think. Look, man. It's an open invitation. <laughs> it's an open invitation. Uh-huh. And, and to you too, Rory, it's an open invitation at five. Come around to the art office. I feel like there's going to be a bit too much tension if I come in now. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it's Nick just staring it's at you. Just going to be giving death stares. Oh, jeez. Uh, how about you, Severin? Um, Haven't been playing too much. Just following up on... There's some pre-E3 stuff happening right now. Yeah? Um, Street Fighter Five looks pretty exciting. Oh, cool. There's a guy called Vesper Arcade up on YouTube, and he's like... He's really amped for it, and I'm kind of excited for it. Cool. Too. You're a cool. big Street Fighter fan. Yeah. Well, I'm not a great player, like, I, but I sure. just like watching that. Like, I I think that's probably the best fighting game out there, but by far. What about uh, Mortal Kombat? Yeah, no, <laughs> I don't think we're gonna say that. I was trying to think of a game worse than Mortal Kombat, and I couldn't. What? Think <laughs> about Dive Kick. What's that? Dive Kick. Dude, dive Kick. No, don't cool. even mention that game. <laughs> Yeah, Street Fighter is pretty cool. I, it's looking good. My my fighting game of choice is Tekken, and everyone I know who's really into fighting games then is like, "You're an idiot." I don't think <laughs> I don't think you can do 3D fighting games well. What about Tekken? <laughs> <laughs> I think Tekken does a good job, but uh, apparently I'm in the minority amongst the fighter fighting. I think game maybe the thing is that Tekken was designed from the start as a 3D fighting game. Yeah. Right, and like Street Fighter, when they tried to adopt the 3D stuff, was terrible. It, it's more like a speed thing. I think as soon as you add a, th- a depth in there, mm. th- then you 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 limit the amount of... Yeah, yeah if, if the game has to slow down, yeah. for sure. Yeah. But yeah. I actually enjoy the slower pace of Tekken. Okay. Um, because it, I don't have stupid lightning fast reflexes. I have... <laughs> Just to me, it comes across as like not very responsive. Okay. Well, I guess when you compare it to something like Street Fighter. Right. Yeah, well, Street Fighter is like... St- like you, you can cancel moves and do all these crazy things. That's so good, man! It looks 
fantastic. How did you feel about that um, latest Mortal Kombat? I think we might have talked about it a little bit, but um, I I think Mortal Kombat. I I love Mortal Kombat growing up. Um, I think right up until three, and then it just yeah, like the novelty wore off the the whole gore th- yep. thing, and um, I think they're just still trying to ride that out. I feel like when they stopped being the the photo sprites mm-hmm. and just started being polygons, it kind of lost. I don't know something. Some, some of the charm. Yeah, but now that it's ba- almost photorealistic again in three yeah. D, it's. I think the charm is back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think the magic's come back. If if I was just to compare like its fighting mechanics with Street Fighter, yep. I, I still think like Mortal Kombat's balls compared <laughs> to it. It's just me though. Here's a question: If if Mortal Kombat allowed you to scan your own face into the game. <laughs> and so you could see yourself being decapitated. Would you play it? Yes. Uh, I, I feel like there's two people in the world, and it's like the person who's like immediately yes, Blake, and then probably me, who's like uh, I'd rather not. <laughs> Why? Why would you want to see that? It's not real. It's, it's like putting your own face on a dartboard and throwing darts at it. Right? The, it's the like... one advantage you get to see when you die is that you don't have to see yourself dying. Like that's the. <laughs> and yeah, and no. it'd be fun. Like. If you had a tournament, say say we had a tournament in the office and we uh-huh. made we we did scans of everybody's faces. <laughs> okay, sure. I mean, come on, that would be amazing. It would be fun to punch someone else's head off. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. You think uh, we should have, like the Nintendo Wii's, but in like Mortal Kombat, so they actually like yes. decapitate each other. <laughs> <laughs> did, I think the original like GoldenEye sixty four was going to have a mode with the Game Boy camera where you could scan your face in and put it, <laughs> and put it on. I think. <laughs> Uh, well, so have you also, seen that game? Yeah. <laughs> some of the um, some of the actual people in GoldenEye sixty four are like just like some some of the ex IGN employees who were <laughs> who were yeah. There's uh, I think the current uh, editor in chief at IGN, Steve Butts, is one of the faces on on old GoldenEye sixty four because he's been around forever. Um, so there's your little GoldenEye fact of the day. Oh, Look forward to one every week. That's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> that game, when we were playing multiplayer of that, um, we, we f- I was watching somebody strafe around, and for some reason, the character model in the game puts its arm out as if it's signaling where it's going to strafe. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. When you're crouching and running around, too. Yeah, you're, when you're, you're, crouch, just, you're just you're sliding. Just sliding. <laughs> <laughs> game ruled. Um, I've been playing, I just, I know you guys are waiting to hear about Hearthstone, but I'm not talking about Hearthstone this week. Oh, wow. I know. I, uh, for Rory's sake, I, I talk about Hearthstone almost every single week. Yeah, I was okay. going to talk about Hearthstone. So. Okay, well, the way, <laughs> I'm excited to talk about Hearthstone later. But uh, um, uh, I've been playing uh, a game called You Must Build a Boat, which is sort of like the spiritual sequel to 10 million. Blake is holding his face. I don't know why. It why? looks like Candy Crush. It's not Candy Crush. It's Anybody who's played 10 million yeah, knows it's yeah. not Candy Crush. It's way better. It's like Candy Crush, but better. Yeah. But it's not like Candy Crush. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like Candy Crush, but not. And it's also way better than Candy Crush, but it's kind of like it, but it's not. Um, it's Candy Crush plus. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Except plus plus. It, it's like if Candy Crush let you build a boat. I think that's the best way to yes. summarize. Yeah. 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 I think you I summed agree. it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there wasn't candy. Yeah. There's no candy. Uh. Wait. No. There's no candy this okay, time. Good. good. Um. But you say. can pick up sponges. That's and like pretty much candy, right? Weird. There's like, well, there's all this like weird generic trash loot you can pick up. Something's pretty funny. No candy that I can remember. Oh, it did. I mean, it did look different once you actually showed me. <laughs> Good. But from a distance, I was like, "Is that Candy Crush you're playing?" Uh, yeah, he did say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, anybody who's played out there who's played Ten Million, you should pick up. Mm. You must buy a boat. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Good. I'm yeah, gonna buy. You. I'm gonna buy a boat. I mean, make. I'm gonna build a boat. Oh. Did I say buy? I don't <laughs> buy. A boat. I don't know. Do you want to say why you like it so much? Uh oh, it's got great. It, it does a little bunch of little cool things. It's got like a neat meta progression thing where every time you finish your run of like matching three things, basically it's a match three game, but not quite like Candy Crush because you can drag um, the rows any distance you want horizontally or vertically to mat to make your matches. So it's got more freedom. Um, and it's also a lot faster paced and the, each tile type uh, corresponds to a maneuver or or action or something like you unlock a chest or you attack a thing with your staff or your sword or something. Um, it's the same upgrade? 
system. Yeah. So when and at the end of each each round, you'll get like gold and muscle looking icons <laughs> and brain looking icons, yeah. and you can spend them to like increase your attack damage or your staff damage or. Mm. Wait. So what are you attacking then? Monsters in a dungeon, or sometimes a pagoda and sometimes build- hell. Okay, so you're going into a dungeon to get parts to build a boat? Uh, yes, pretty much. Okay. Yeah, and also to hire people slash monsters to run your boat. Oh, sweet. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, I did pick up a mysterious purple circle from the Void, I guess, who is in charge of selling all my possessions. <laughs> it's really, it's got some weird characters. I love it. Um, it's a great game. So pick it up. Okay. Uh, okay. We've got w- normally we talk about all sorts of stuff for like another ten twenty minutes, but because we've got Rory here and we've got about ten million questions from our lovely Reddit and forum users mm-hmm. uh, and emailers and emailers. Actually, we do have an email question. Oh no! Um, let's have a look at that. Uh, yeah, let's do that one first. Okay. Um, we're gonna we're just gonna start asking Rory questions. Sure, I'll start answering. Good. Get ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> Are you ready? <laughs> Wait. Okay, now I'm ready. Okay, you're ready. Yeah. Still good this. to go? Yeah. Okay. Uh, but wait, are you still ready yourself? I, oh. E- yeah, I think so. Okay. Blake? What are you guys Saran? talking about? <laughs> I think Rory's ready. I think everyone's I've ready. I've got a hunch. But are you ready? <laughs> uh, sure. Okay. Yeah, I'm ready. Listeners, are you ready? Email us at frenzygamer at gmail. No, frenzyquestions at gmail.com. Don't email frenzygamer. I don't think that's us. No, that's, not us. that's that guy with the, the car photos. Um, if you're ready, you can email us at frenzyquestions at gmail.com or tweet at frenzycast. Just tweet, I'm ready, and we'll know you're ready. We're going to start asking questions now. This is from our emailer. Hey guys, you've been talking about getting into the games industry a lot lately, and I had a similar inquiry I wanted to ask you. Almost all the information I find about the games industry is heavily focused on artists and programmers, but I am more interested in the other areas of the industry, production, community, QA, PR, etc. And I was wondering if you had any advice for developing skills in these areas, or what to work on to build a foundation to help me find a way into the industry. Thanks. Loki. So, So, uh, how do you get into the games industry... That, and it, specifically not through programming or art. So the thing that everyone says all the time is just make stuff in your spare time. University yep. projects are nowhere near as impressive as like something you've actually dedicated time to, especially if you've got a couple of other people involved mm-hmm. and have not made it so ambitious that you've never got anything done on right. it. Um, which is, I mean, there's a bunch of tools that people who can't do art and can't do programming can make awesome games with um so you're thinking specifically about design though right it's about about design yeah yeah yeah. but i mean i started in qa Mm -hmm. and i probably got the position because i had made a bunch of game stuff and my my portfolio was a game and all that jazz okay Um, and also the other thing which is not something people say so much is the people skills um often the difference between not getting a job and getting a job between someone who otherwise has the same qualifications or maybe even better is just being really good at talking to people. And um, That's true. Like, oftentimes, if your personality will fit into the office environment, that's pretty important. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Having just... In the gaming industry, it's easy and you just play games, the same games they're playing. If you're yeah. into that kind of game, then you'll it'll show when you talk to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone's sort of got yeah common ground because generally everyone's into video games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think in the case of community, it's pretty important that you know the game inside and out because you're probably going to be fielding a lot of questions. And so it's important if you're if you want to get into like running a forum or whatever for a specific game, know that game inside and out. Um, PR is actually a little different. You can get into PR from a d- bunch of different avenues. Um, a lot of PR people are ex-game journalists uh, or are just people who studied communications and didn't get PR jobs elsewhere. <laughs> so it's um, kind of like they know how to talk about games but not necessarily like yeah, that interested in you, them, really? Uh, it's, it's very helpful to be interested uh, in games in PR because you have to be able to... You have to know enough about the game to talk about the great points and totally 
gloss over the bad points. Yeah. Like if someone's <laughs> like, this game looks buggy, you have to be able to just be like, yeah, they spent a lot of time on getting that art looking great. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> How good is that art? You know, it's just. It's got uh, character. It's got character. Yeah. <laughs> um, so PR is, there's a, a few different avenues you can take. Mm. Um, production. I don't know. Production's a weird one. Yeah, I the the GGG doesn't really have a we've never hired a producer as a producer. Instead, people have become producers yeah. from other roles. So we're not the experts. Yeah, but I think if you're going to be a producer, it's you have to know how to do like version control mostly, right? I I think a producer can have different roles in different companies. Sometimes that's true. Really- yeah, at least in our company, it's mostly version control. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it's also a lot of time management. I think is from my understanding and, and knowing how to allocate tasks and who to allocate tasks to. Mm. So it's a lot of organizational stuff. Mm. So the power to not be bored by that is probably yeah, the if, biggest. Yeah, if, if it's like spreadsheets with timetables on it sounds like a fun to you, production, do it. So <laughs> fun. <laughs> hey, uh, you mentioned your portfolio was a game. Yeah, game-ish. Game-ish? What, what was it? Do you want <laughs> oh, to talk about it? It's or? just like a tree with the guy walks up the tree. It was it was incredibly buggy and like half the links didn't work, but uh, I guess they didn't what? click all the links, <laughs> thankfully. So yes, got the job. Um, <laughs> moral of the story, don't make your links work. No, do, do. Um, but yeah, something different. Something that stands out is always good. I mm. mean, with anything, just, just put glitter on it. It'll be better than, okay, maybe not glitter. <laughs> Um, put character in it. Apparently, there's this trend in like casting in Hollywood of people who are going for roles putting glitter in their <laughs> headshot envelopes. Stand out. <laughs> yeah, to stand out. But like, but then uh, if ultimately, it catches on too much. Well, no, uh, and, like it happens a lot, and people <laughs> hate it. <laughs> like because they now their their shit is covered. I mean, it's everything yeah. is covered in glitter. And isn't, and, isn't that a prank? Some kind? Uh, you can actually, yeah, you, you you can now go online and buy glitter bombs, um, and it's like a tube that oh, is mailed, and the person opens up the tube, and then glitter just fires out. Do you, you want to know another? Injuring. Do you want to know another glitter product? You can go buy glitter it. pills. No, <laughs> no, please tell me that's not true. It's totally true. No, oh, that's awful. Oh man, I'm gonna have to feed like four of those to my cat now. Oh, all right. Human race, everyone. Human race. <laughs> so, Rory, I've got a, I've got a question for you. I know. Is it, how, hang how on. You... Is it on the list? I've got a list here. <laughs> are you are you sidestepping the list? Well, I'm more curious right, as how, like how you got started. Like in how the, I got started. Yeah, like in the... Oh, well, you probably played video games when you were younger. Not as much as I would have liked. Um, my parents were like, video games, rot your brain. Not their exact words, but um, in the end, I did a design course that I could go into a few different avenues. It could be industrial or it could be architecture um, or it could be landscape architecture And because my parents wanted me to check out the other options before I got into anything, but I was the only paper I was any good at was games and um, all I did all through university was play games and a little bit of university work Um, (laughs) and so I got caught up on my game education then Um, and yeah and so after that it took a while to actually find a job I was I had just come back from Japan after like six months in Japan and was looking for a job and applied to a bunch of cafes because I honestly had more experience working in a cafe than I did making in a game at that point. Um, but I thought oh, I might as well apply to the only game industry. I mean, the only game company that's hiring and was surprised when I got the job, but wow. I'm glad I did. Oh, and, really cool. And yeah, and Chris was kind of saying the only reason I got the job other, because there were more experienced people and so on was just that I was better at talking to them when it came to the actual so those cafe skills, oh, man. Wow. All those cafe skills. <laughs> mm, that really yeah. does emphasize what you're saying before about, People yeah, skills. I mean, yeah. This is this is just my experience. Right. But, um, so work in a cafe. Work in is, a cafe. If you want to get into the games industry, learn how to serve coffee. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure that's not the exact. That's what I'm no, getting it's, out it's, of this. It's the answer. It's the answer. Yeah. How many um, um, how many people were at work when you started? Well, it was just the one office, and it must have been like 10, 12 oh, wow. people. How long ago uh, was this? Like three years. I can't. I can't. Long, so long time, you, too long. 
Blake just celebrated his third anniversary <laughs> oh, yeah. with a, uh, oh. a curry lunch that I didn't go to because <laughs> I didn't realize it was for his third anniversary. Wait, we, were you hide after me? Yeah, or? I remember meeting you. Oh, right. Then it must have been longer than three years, man. Wow. Longer than I can possibly remember. That is how far back it was. Um, and yeah, and so I was doing QA for a year but started doing balance stuff because I just kept mm. telling Chris I keep wanted to do design and mm. um, eventually just started taking over more and more design tasks Pretty much the way it was, my movement through the company was, hey, I'm going to make this one unique item. Okay, now I can make unique items. I'm making all the unique items. <laughs> then it was like, oh, I'm going to design this boss fight. Oh, it was an okay boss fight. Okay, now I'm making all the boss fights. And <laughs> then the same happened over. for skills. And <laughs> What yeah. was your first unique item? It's I, I can't even remember. It would have been a supporter unique, um, and it probably would have been bad considering it would have been my first word. Oh. Um, uh, I'm sure I could... So, Veil of the Night? Uh, <laughs> not that bad, but... Um, oh, dear. Uh, yeah, no, it was... So, yes, moral of the story is take people's jobs? No. Yep. Yeah, that sounds, sounds good to me. Um, confidence in yourself, but also not too much confidence, because if yeah. you're too confident, you think you're right all the time when in fact you're wrong about 80% of the time. Mm. The trick is to convince people you're right 80% of the time and be right about 50% of the time. Cover up the rest, um, but believe in yourself Yes, despite the fact you're a failure. Yeah. <laughs> Disney movie. Just be, be the hero of a Disney movie. Yes. Or the heroine. Yes. Uh, not the drug. So uh, <laughs> we've got some questions from forum user uh, Sharon. No, <laughs> no. Uh, all right, we'll do Charon's question. <laughs> okay. Uh, how many push-ups can you do in a minute? Uh, so ten is the number of push-ups I can do. I don't know if I could fit them in a minute. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you break in between. We're, <laughs> yeah. breaks there. we're going with ten. Rory's a vegetarian. Ten's pretty good. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, all that spinach. Or yep. Yeah. Now, I, here's a, yeah, this is totally off topic. How do you get your protein? <laughs> wow. Um, I'm, <laughs> um, I'm, a, I'm a big nuts man. I, and oh, man. <laughs> tofu and, and oh, all cool. that jazz. Um, yeah, and eggs and cheese. An awful lot of cheese. Cheese. So oh, man. Cheese. Yeah. Oh, wow. For sure. Too much cheese. I think it's killing me. But That's great. An actual excuse. Like, a, a <laughs> reason to eat cheese because, like, cheese is something I always feel kind of bad about eating. I feel bad too. Are you like I got physically I afterwards? Cheese is so good. Cheese I eat, but anyway, let's not oh, get geez. into that. This is turning into. If you like cheese, <laughs> tweet at us at Front Seat Cast <laughs> with just the word cheese. Video, video games. <laughs> um, all right. So Dirk Austin asks, "What is your favorite class?" My favorite class. Yeah, this is, we're gonna do it's. Two rapid-fire questions and then one slightly longer but still pretty quick question from, from Dirk Austin. Um, probably the shadow, partially because of the voice acting, partially because of the breadth of skills that he has. Like, there's a lot of variety in what you can play with him. Cool. And a lot of design space for what we can give him, although maybe a bit too much. Because mm. a lot yeah. of stuff sort of falls onto the shadows area. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what is your f favorite game? My favorite game... So, there's this old like point and click adventure made of plasticine or or something called the Neverhood that like got me into games in the first place, kind of sorta. Well, which everyone's shaking their heads. Yeah, everyone looked at each other and shrugged. Yeah. Which is like I've just yeah. never heard of this game. Yeah, <laughs> you should, it it looks amazing. Like it's it's probably like four six forty by four eighty resolution now okay. and things like that. But um, it's got an awesome art style and. Cool. Uh, I can't even remember if the game's any good, but um, <laughs> that that started it, um, and so I usually answer with that. But uh, I'm pretty, what, what, I'm pretty. What about it makes it your favorite? Ah, uh, it's uh, it's more nostalgia than anything else. Yep, like okay. I can't, I, mean, I can't even. I don't really play point and click adventures anymore or anything. I probably wouldn't enjoy it if I played it now. But it was, it opened my mind to yep. what games could do sort of yeah. thing. The game that I'm currently enjoying the most is probably Borderlands. Um, currently I'm still playing Borderlands pre-sequel just because it's the most relaxing 
um, thing <laughs> for me, yeah. which it sounds weird because I'm running around shooting, shooting psychos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, the the you plan your build and then you reap the rewards and right. so sort of, and, and I really like the kind of the different kind of game systems they have. Mm. I mean, it's an RPG, but it plays like no other RPG. Not just from the first person shooter right. standpoint, but from the like you've got two different button two different things you can do at any one time other than mm. changing weapons but they do so much with it that it's right. really cool i really like it did you get into that uh tiny tina dlc i really like the tiny deal tina dlc um um it i may have cried a little bit at the end <laughs> spoilers when, yeah but uh well i'm not gonna say why you okay sh- you should you should play it listeners um and and all you guys because that d- yeah, the dlc is really good writing and and you get to shoot people that when, sounds, when. sounds yeah. good to me because I love writing, not the shooting. <laughs> yeah. it, it did, um, if I remember right, because mm-hmm. I haven't played it, but I've seen video of it. It did that whole, like, um, you're playing it, but there's also narr- like, a narrator, mm-hmm. like Tiny mm-hmm. Tina. Yep. And she just, like, says, oh, no, this actually didn't happen. This is what really yeah, happened. Yeah, and then yeah. you have to do something else again. Yep. Yeah. And, like, oh, that's cool. forgets to put miniatures on the board and they just sort of pop in. Yeah. And <laughs> even when one of the characters tries to role play one of the other characters, because you're playing as the characters you're the characters from borderlands one playing characters from borderlands two and so they like well, try and do they role play these mm. characters from borderlands two huh. yeah it's essentially it's, like a D campaign yeah that they're yeah, doing. yeah that's yeah. neat it's bunkers and badasses yeah. the the game. <laughs> um, which yeah it's awesome that's awesome. fun and i'm big into D or tabletop rpgs yeah. so in fact you're working on i am an rpg making a card-based tabletop rpg at the moment which we had a a session of the campaign that I'm running with a few of my friends last night. Yeah. Which went pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, they made decisions that I didn't think they'd make, which mm. is always exciting. But I, I came up with a plan for how to deal with it halfway through and ended up burning all of their friends' holdings, um, which was fun. But they're kind of playing the anti-heroes at the moment. Okay. So um, they, it was, I was really curious whether they'd save their friend's life when their friend was kidnapped. There was like a ransom for him and mm-hmm. they actually came to save him and I was surprised even though they were just wanting to watch the other bad guys kill him <laughs> um, but yeah it was interesting and there was a big fancy ball event one of one of the girls just really wanted to go to a ball which oh the, sure and um, my wife was like um, the uh, the alchemist the dark brooding alchemist who was like this is not where I want to be I do not want to be at a, a fancy ball <laughs> um, and and then everyone started getting stabbed and everyone had a good time at that point. So. <laughs> Did you want to explain a little bit how the mechanics work or is it still a little up in the air kind of um, thing? No, yeah, it's, it's, it's underway. I mean, yeah, a lot of stuff's nailed down. It's sort of players have a skills deck and they have a life cards deck. I tried to do everything with cards. Mm-hmm. So the, the board is tiles that you can have like traps on the underside. Cool. So yeah. they're double-sided. So the DM has the... And the monster cards, like the DM can quickly put together a monster by just picking a few life cards, a few, oh, cool. a few skill cards. If you lose a, if you lose life, it does triggers based on like the life cards in your life deck and things mm. like that. So cardifying everything from sort of it's fourth edition D and D, but yep. cardified. So combat's a lot faster, I think, because of the cards. Um, because there's no dice rolling; it's always yeah. the chance is what you draw. Okay, and so you have the there's your deck has less powerful and more powerful cards. So a criti- there's one sort of critical strike card, your ultimate card, which often sort of clears the board mm. and to lower their power slightly. But everyone has so much fun with them that they don't want to like lose their their thing that, that wins them the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a lot of fun to work with because there's so much you can do with cards. You can have a character that's based on just drawing lots of cards and they're the, the intelligent character um, and they're more likely to get a critical... Uh, you know, get the powerful cards because they're drawing faster and then you have mind control characters that can look at the opponent's cards and play them for them and that kind of thing um, so yeah it's, it's a lot of fun to play around with from a design standpoint anyway mm-hmm. how many cards have you actually made then a lot like my house is currently filled with piles of the boxes of these cards <laughs> wow. where I'm like okay I, I need to pull out some monster cards nope this is an entire box full of cards that are no longer in use <laughs> mm. um uh, I have I have encountered, but they go through a lot of revisions, yeah. and some of the cards that the players are currently playing with have like lines scribbled out and new rules written in, just from mm. being adjusted as they're played. But, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Are the players enjoying it? Are they having a good time? I think 
they are, but I think they're possibly enjoying the story more than the combat. Right. They're, they're more like story-driven players. Okay. Wait, so you're saying you're a good DM? I I hope so. <laughs> I'm a, maybe a better DM than I am game designer. I don't know. But they, yeah, they really enjoy don't the story. Tell um, the, the so. Path of Exile players that. <laughs> it must just mean I'm a really, really good DM, right? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, they seem to enjoy it. And I'm... I, I, invest myself in this really heavily and that feeling when someone says the name of a place that you just made up as if it's a place and that they want to go there <laughs> and like the city's called Aragaram and every time anyone says the name I'm like someone said the name of my place <laughs> what's the name of the city? <laughs> yeah <laughs> what was the name of the city? Aragaram Aragaram yeah it's this sort of desert that's a good name that's a good name word to say it's, it's fun to say, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, so every time anyone gets invested or everyone like gasps when I say something, it's like cool. this is this is <laughs> why I want to be a game designer to make it make this sort of stuff real. So people. good. It must be good to see it um, in first person, right? Because the stuff you do in um, in Path of Exile, you don't really see that yeah, immediate yeah, yeah. reaction from players. All, all right. the feedback is stuff that comes afterwards yeah, after yeah. people have stopped playing and it's all sort of like the, not their first impression kind of it's sort of like although you know thought about it a while and stuff. when we have when we do release new content we love to watch streams that's we true. watch the yeah, streamers yeah. i remember when i first started and we we launched uh invasion i watched like people getting wiped out by like the crab that does fall detonate dead and blows up all a million corpses and hearing them go whoa what was that what was that <laughs> yeah. um so that's pretty enjoyable, but it, it was, we don't nearly get to do it as often as yeah, as yeah. you mm-hmm. do when you're DMing or you know yeah yeah, um, and and it's sort of a it's double bonus when it's a game you're making and they're like oh this is a really cool build- ability and I'm gonna use it to destroy this person I really hate it's yeah like, mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> they they live in my world now nice which is, yeah awesome um so we'll, we'll move on to another question this is from cool. uh, Reddit user Feral Rage. Do you guys ever get inspired by bad ideas in other games? Yes. Something along the lines of, man, this sucks so bad. I want to make sure Path of Exile is nothing like this. Um, Sometimes almost the opposite, where it's like, this mechanic is bad, but it has so much potential. There's so much, like, what they are trying to do was absolutely Mm. awesome and something that I haven't seen before. So I'm going to remake this mechanic. Can you think of an example? Not off the top of my head. Not without offending someone, that's right. for sure. Um, but yeah, but who? Yeah, I mean, one of one of our five listeners is probably not going to be the same person who made the game, <laughs> uh, unless it was something in Path of Exile. <laughs> I'm there's there's nothing that immediately springs to mind. It, it maybe even it's just something that I remember this in a game sure, that I yeah. played a while ago. I have it wasn't a good game, but this was a good mechanic in it. Yeah, yeah, I think I think almost every game designer has that experience where they're playing something and they go. Ah, they were so close. Yeah, I wonder yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what would I have done to fix that, and then you you actually sort of do it. I feel like there was something like that recently, but I can't put my finger on it. Might have maybe the heralds or something like that were possibly a bit inspired by something like that, but I can't remember. Right. Um, there's a a similar comment or a, a similar question in the same by, by Feral Rage, Fell Rage, which is the other side of that coin, which is: Have you seen something completely awesome in another game, but struggled to not blatantly copy it? And how did you make it fit into Path of Exile? Uh, there's a bunch of stuff that I've just blatantly copied, yeah. <laughs> and not even. And well, and the there's a character in Borderlands Two, the psycho, and one of his uh, trees is about setting himself on fire. Okay. And after I, I didn't even play that build much, mm-hmm. but after just hearing about it, I wanted to put it in Path of Exile because there's so much you can do with it, and mm. just being on fire is something that has a bunch of interesting ramifications and so we've got a bunch of items that reward you for being on fire we've got two with one one actually currently and then two that are coming in the beta oh yeah or are in the beta and are coming in and i want to do yeah i want to do more of that stuff but yeah yeah yeah. the i'm I'm always a fan of the set yourself on fire build Mm -hmm. um what are your, your this is a question we asked um jonathan when he was here and we've all sort of to some extent answered i think mm-hmm. um, and and i remember jonathan's answer but i'm curious to hear yours i don't know if you've listened to our I podcast listened to the one with jonathan no okay have you listened to any of our episodes i listened to last week's one 
That's very kind of you. That's a good one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna assume you enjoyed it. <laughs> I, I did. I did. Thank you. Thank you. I was, <laughs> uh, I was gonna say that point out that Russell's severed head was here after the fight to do it, the deathless oh, alone or something. But, I don't even remember. Uh, <laughs> oh man. I, everything's a blur after every episode. I don't remember anything I say. <laughs> I've, if I listen to one of those episodes, I'd probably just shake my head in shame at everything I say. <laughs> All right. Um, here's, here's a question from Oscillix. This is the one that we asked Jonathan. What are your top three game design concepts an ARPG should have? An ARPG should have? Yeah. Game design concepts? Yeah. <sighs> As an in integral parts of the game that make it an Just ARPG? The top three. Top three. <laughs> Take that uh, as you may. I would say uh, short-term choices having long-term impact. Um, you're usually just in the form of character builds sure. sometimes in the forms of the items you pick at the start determine just the direction your character goes yep. even even if it's not the individual item choice isn't permanent mm-hmm. um, uh, what's another thing they should have um, I could tell you what what Jonathan's main one was what was Jonathan's main one I'm curious randomness randomness yes it's interesting that's interesting he believes that you should get basically as much randomness as you possibly can because it encourages replayability. Like items should be random, areas should right, be random, right. monsters should be random, mods should be random. So I would consider Bastion a great RPG, and it has very little randomness mm. in it. Um, so it's wrong. So take no. that, Jonathan. <laughs> take that. I I think randomness is an awesome tool for making an awesome RPG, but mm-hmm. a RPG. But I don't know if it's absolutely necessary well, here's, but, here's, I mean, here's a question for you have you replayed Bastion yes how many times uh, three times that's pretty good how many times have you replayed Path of Exile uh, <laughs> a lot <laughs> yeah that's what I thought right right yes yes this is true doesn't just because I played it less doesn't necessarily mean it's not a all good, I'm hearing though, is right? Path of Exile is better than Bastion so <laughs> um Hey, I guess if your if your your value of your the way you quantify good is by how long you spend on it, then uh-huh. yeah, it is yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely is. That's why a long, slow car journey is the best. <laughs> <laughs> the traffic it makes everything so much more fun. This is why marriage is better than dating. Yeah. <laughs> um, wait, sorry. depends on but, my wife isn't to. listening to this podcast. Now, <laughs> oh <but>. man. <laughs> Um, uh, second thing about RPG <laughs> is the love of your wife. <laughs> a good RPG should be "I love you." Um, um, even though I just said Bastion is good, it doesn't really have a strong item system, and I think that um, having growth through choices that aren't necessarily permanent, um, like the item thing, you have the the short bursts of right. extreme power. You get a new skill, and you're much stronger for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last thing, which I'm trying hard to think of, mm-hmm. so many things that kind of help, but none of them I consider really necessary. Like, I'm sure you can make a ARPG without anything that Diablo 2 has in it, for example. It'll mm-hmm. be a very different game, obviously, mm-hmm. but you can get rid of the randomness, you can get rid of the, the multiple levels, you can get rid of all that stuff and probably mm-hmm. have a good ARPG uh, well, so here's a question and role playing, and the fact that it's a game. Three <laughs> things an ARPG wow. needs. Interesting. <laughs> um, so, action and role playing. We talked about Bastion a little bit there. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you feel makes Bastion such a great game? Well, the writing is probably a big, big thing for so, that, and the visceral combat. Okay, so but maybe, maybe the action component, the actual combat, has to be solid enough that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean. Yeah, the it, action is in the name, and it right. needs to be... Being, I mean, you can be an RPG and have action, but you're not necessarily an action RPG unless the action is what makes it. Right, it should be engaging. Game. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we talked about Borderlands 2 a little bit mm-hmm. as well, and that's a game that has great combat, to mm-hmm. my mind, because like enemies having weak points, for example. Um, you know, I, right, right. I, I only played the original Borderlands, mm-hmm. but I played it pretty extensively. And um, I remember those little dog things had like you could shoot them in the mouth. Yes, yes, and, yeah. And that's like their weak point. It's it, when their mouth is open, mm. um, and otherwise they don't take that much damage. And and I think maybe you could shoot them from behind as well. But the mouth was like the main weak point. Yeah, they take way more damage in the mouth. Yeah. Kind of um, and I thought that was like an interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Like way to make 
what is basically a bunch of dice rolls engaging. Mm. And it turns the your short, short-term action, you, your long-term choices become, I want to boost my critical damage because I'm really good at getting critical hits. I'm really accurate. Mm-hmm. Or I want to compensate for the fact that I'm not accurate by using explosive damage or something right. like that, mm-hmm. um, which I think is, yeah. Being able to compensate for yourself as well as for the, the things you've that have happened to you in the game. Mm-hmm. It's really good. I think that, um, engaging combat is something that we on Path of Exile have strived for uh, and to some extent have achieved. I think like there are definitely some fights that are really, really good and engaging. A lot of the big boss fights are, are very cool. Um, like you designed the Etheria encounter. I don't know if many yeah, people know yeah. that. That was one of I pro- actually the first proper big boss fight that was designed as a boss fight rather yeah. than let's adjust this mechanic here and there. Well, I think the Vol Oversoul as well right yeah, and, yeah. and dominus Which was before my time yeah um, dominus yeah dominus i half did half of yeah right. yeah um and those are all like great in engaging fights dominus is like hugely painful often yeah, um, yeah. For, for different reasons but i would probably change dominus if i could travel back in time and, <laughs> and modify him but then sure. the same could be true of everything in the game yeah. we've learned everything learned you always see your flaws fight. more than you see what works um but uh but we, i mean the the in general, it's hard to make combat especially engaging in an action RPG that is that relies very heavily on itemization. I think, right, um, because it's very swingy as to the player's level of skill exactly. and power. Yeah, um, and yeah, that, that's definitely something we feel. A lot of the boss fights have to be very. I mean, the Valovisol is a good example where it's almost all skill because of a lot of his abilities will kill you. Yep, but you can compensate a little bit with good gear. Yes, and there's no simple negative feedback loop of the better you do the worse uh, the more challenging combat is mm-hmm. like in a, in a lot of other games if you overextend yourself then you're gonna start having consequences right um, and that happens a little bit I and mean, that's mana is supposed to function like that right but we have a lot of ways around mana yeah, yeah. Or around that negative feedback loop if you run out of mana you're meant to be suddenly in a, in a life-threatening situation because you can't use your skills you can't move quickly you know you can't leap slam or or you can't recover your life through leech or whatever area levels have the effect of if you're over if you're doing really well you might be over leveled or you might be under leveled Mm -hmm. for the area you've traveled too quickly through the content Mm -hmm. but boss fights don't have that you can't just keep farming the area around them before you're ready for the boss without breaking the gameplay cycle that you've been used to previously Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's tricky, which, which is why you have a lot of mechanical fights that are more focused on learning the boss's ticks and compensating rather mm-hmm. than dealing more damage to him than he can do to you. Mm-hmm. Um, here's a good question from uh, Reddit user Lirily, L-I-R-I-L-I, mm-hmm. Lirily. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about the volumes of data on player behavior being gathered in the beta. Could you tell us... And, uh, could you give us an example of how such data is led to a change in skill design during this beta period? Um, skills is... are definitely something that's hugely affected by this. We look at who's using these skills, whether they're being used in uh, standard or in hardcore, and mm-hmm. um, and anything that's way too high, we investigate and see whether it shouldn't be so high. Right. Um, and anything that's... W- way too low obviously we do something to make it more useful even though a lot of the skills that are way down the bottom of the graph are used by players and there is a very small niche use for them Mm -hmm. because the item that skill gem system anyone can pick it up a new player could pick it up and and a lot of players do pick it up and then just have a terrible experience because it's not a good spot yeah mechanically too tricky to use or something like that elemental hit is an example i can think of where yeah. It's a skill that we as designers have not been happy with for quite a while, and we've tried to, more than anything, we tried to fix it. I th- this is before my time, I think, but my understanding is there there were attempts to made to fix it a few times, and then at some point it was like, well, there's not a lot we can actually do. It kind of existed outside the standard damage progression system of other right. skills, and because the game wasn't built to handle its specific progression system, it was either too good or not good enough. There was mm. no scaling alongside other skills. Right. Power. It wasn't how good your gear was. 
in the same way that other skills are it was more like if you have these one or two stats then it's way too good if you don't then it's nowhere near good enough right and there's a lot of stuff that's like that viper strike was another example where there mm. were situations where it was perfectly usable but for to us for us to offer it as a quest reward for a character it needed to be more user friendly yeah at the very least um, um i can think of a skill on the other end of the spectrum flame blast Yes, that was that was in a big way a numerical thing, in a big yep. way uh, there were specific mechanics that interacted with it in a really effective way. Um, it had a larger area than any other skill. I think also of- people communicated the best way to use that skill amongst each other to such an extent that like, um, even though it was very powerful, and, and it was, I think we all agree probably too powerful, um, uh, it's level of power was overblown because it became it was like oh if you're not using the skill you're you're playing the game wrong but that's not true you can, you can use other skills and you're right, fine right i mean theoretically the best skill is whatever is i mean a skill is too good if it's got higher damage than any other skill rather than it's yep. got high damage yeah there's there's no no right or wrong just everything is relative yeah so that's kind of pushing everything into the same curve um and letting outliers be because of your good choices and your good gear rather than following the specific path that you know is always going to lead you to succeed. Mm. That's probably the goal. Um, we have another question from uh, Reddit user Blobulator1. I assume Blobulator was taken. I'm going to take Blobulator2 later. That's a good name. Um <laughs> Uh, I have always wondered what the people who work at GGG think are the most impressive things that the community has been able to do with the game. Whether it be exploits like snapshotting or something like third-party applications such as acquisition. Really, I'm just curious as to what has blown the minds of GGG employees. I think uh, the community as a whole, just how enthusiastic people are about mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff is surprising. When when someone comes or someone messages me and says that I really like this thing here i really like this thing it's surprising that you know something that we normal humans produced has mm-hmm. actually had like an impact on people right um which i think yeah there's there's been a lot of impressive uh yeah there's, there's a lot of stuff the community has done and every single time it's like man this is really cool that yeah people care this much i mean have you guys seen any of the fan art that gets made <laughs> yeah a little bit some of it is real good. Some of it's a bit creepy. We had um we had a guy, a local guy, like make actual sculptures of like some yeah. of the models. That that was really cool to see. Yeah, and then I think Chris basically hired him to make models for some of the top tier supporters from one of the packs like a while ago. Oh, I didn't know about that. Yeah, but so his skill, like you, we saw the first one. I think it was like a rower. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Which which was pretty cool yeah and then he came back and made oh, i forgot but it, it looked way better like his skills are just like wrong. he he did um uh matua tapuna which is the shield that has it's like a a head with a sword through the eye yeah you know what i'm talking about ape, ape head or something like he that. did a necromancer did he yeah, yeah, yeah that, that was the one, one. you're talking about yeah yeah, yeah did yeah, he that one looked I, I haven't seen the necromancer, the necromancer huh? oh man Guy who makes these things, if you're listening, send us the necromancer. <laughs> no, I don't. I um, saw um, I saw in a Reddit a while, like months ago. It looked like someone had a tattoo of Brutus. Oh, <laughs> dang, that'd be cool. Yeah, man, that's that's, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty hardcore. Yeah, like, Brutus. that's pretty impressive. I think. Oh, yeah. oh, can we talk about the Russian trailers for Path of Exile for a moment? <laughs> because, oh my God. So <laughs> I don't know if the listeners are aware, um, but we've got a Path of Exile coming out in Russia, or maybe it's out. I don't know. One of them. Closed beta at the moment. I okay. Um, Open beta? Uh, some kind of beta. No one knows, apparently. <laughs> um, uh, and they made, without even I think even letting us know, they made a trailer uh, where Brutus is walking through the halls of the prison, and it's like in beautiful high res, mm. and like, we just didn't even know it was being made and they made all those assets. They made like the character model and they animated it. Uh, like, and then we just saw it on YouTube and we're like, Whoa. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, and then they cool. made a second trailer. I didn't know about this other one, but I guess they had actually talked to Eric a little bit, but I think they'd made it and showed it to him early. 
but they, they again they made it without telling us. Yeah, they're secret. <laughs> they must be hardcore. <laughs> these guys. So they made this. I don't. They made this trailer of um, gears turning, and it's like, oh, okay. Hey, what's going like, on here? Yeah. Oh, grinding your games. So the the logo comes up. Okay, neat. And then it's more gears turning. I'm like, this is a really long like series. This is just. I figured gonna be logos the whole yeah, time yeah. like 30 seconds for the video i'm like this is just more more stuff that's leading to logos and then i realized they're zooming through the like vol device that creates the vol oversoul and then the vol oversoul rises up it's so cool yeah, man cool. <laughs> <sighs> uh, we should probably link it we'll link yeah, it no we should yeah, we'll link definitely. it on the, on the on the facebook page yeah. It's funny when. By um, the way, that Facebook. Wait, sorry to interrupt you uh, there. <laughs> it's facebookcom cast. Go ahead, Blake. I was just saying. I was going to say. Um, it's funny when I, I looked over Eric's shoulder and he was watching that Brutus trailer for the first time, and it was like showing the prison and stuff from a distance. I was like, "Is that Bloodborne?" Because <laughs> <laughs> it's got all like you know chains and yeah, skulls yeah. and high praise from Blake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like when I, when I looked over, he had images, and I was like, "Whoa, what'd you send him?" And he was like. Nothing. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. They just made these models. So awesome. Um, uh, I think someone was saying that the Val Oversoul model is a little incorrect. Oh, with like the hand? The, yeah, That's one of the hands hand? is not rotated the way it should be or something. <laughs> mm. Come on, Russia. Get together. <laughs> um, they, they love those trailers. I, I'm hoping they do one for Dominus because that would just blow my mind. Yeah. <laughs> or, or Piety or something. Oh, I just, mm, I just want to yeah. see another one. Oh, Act 4 one. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Do you want a movie? Uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, I kind of do. <laughs> um, all right. This is a, this is one specifically directed at Rory from Real Soviet Damage, talking about the Russians. Um, <laughs> Rory, what is your design process when reworking existing skills or creating new ones? What is priority in skill design? Um, uh, also, there's a second question, but we'll, we'll get onto that. Okay. Um, the new skill process is really, if we're making an entirely new skill, then we start off by working out what we need. Yep. It's going to be like, we need a new dex melee skill. We need mm -hmm. a new high level bow skill, something like that. And then we'll just have a few of us throw ideas at the wall. And mm -hmm. generally I pick my favorite of them or a couple of my favorites of them. Um, if we have time, a couple, and then we get them prototyped in a very early form and just see if they're fun yeah. from the get-go. Um, see if they're doable with the programmer first, obviously. But, mm -hmm. um, and so it's a very, like, we have very rough versions of the skills that just use existing effects in a new way. Um, the the new version of Tempest Shield is just using an, a, the old arc art. It has been for old a while. Old arc art. I mean, the, you know, the arc. Oh, okay. The art of arc. Yeah. Um, but it will be getting its own effect and all that jazz. So a lot of it is very, yeah, we, we try and play around with it as early as possible, see if we can get the numbers right mm -hmm. before we waste the effects artist's time right. or making stuff for it. Yeah, we only like to waste programmer time. Yeah, the, um, the skills basically mechanically sound by the time the effects start getting made, right? Yeah, yeah. And we try and make our designs as flexible as possible. If we make mm -hmm. a design that only really works if the damage is within this range or if it has the specific area or something like that, mm -hmm. then it's way less likely to be prototyped because it's, um, skill designs are usually a waste of time. Um, <laughs> but there's one in five or one in three that actually turns out well mm. for us to use and sometimes really well and we actually make a big deal of it, like Ice Crash or something. Yeah, Ice Crash is very popular. Um, we actually run out of time. Oh, no. uh, would you want to do a, a, a two-parter, Rory? Do you I'm want for a two-parter? Okay. Well, this is going to be another special <laughs> two-parter episode <laughs> with a special guest. Um, before we go, if you want to tweet at us, you can reach us on Twitter at Front Seat Cast. Uh, we can be contacted, like I talked over Blake before. <laughs> Sorry about that, Blake. Facebook.com slash Front Seat Cast. Um, and you can email your questions. Blake is giving me the evils. Uh, you can email your questions to frontseatquestions at gmail.com. Um, we'll be back in real life in about five minutes and in your ears in about a week. Or if you're listening to back episodes in about 
30 seconds. Unless you're listening to Becca's episode from like four days ago, in which case in another three days. Yeah, in another three. Or if you're listening to these in reverse order, you've already heard the next episode. You got to fix your playlist then. (laughs) Or if you're an alien species who's discovered the ruins of our planet... Firstly, uh-huh. greetings. Um, sorry for leaving all this mess everywhere. Sorry about them nukes. <laughs> um, or if that news about quantum mechanics, about the future determining the past, is applicable to audio waves for some reason, then you already heard this a thousand years ago and you didn't understand it because it's in a foreign language and you're somewhere in Spain, maybe. <laughs> anyway. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you soon. Bye. <laughs> yeah, Shut up. I had a I had a big chicken dumpling and it, it made me real sleepy.